Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after they put out important news. With us today, I'm happy to have them all for the first time ever, the gang from Poet Technologies. We've got Suresh Venkatesan, Chairman and CEO, Vivek Rajagaria, President and General Manager, and Thomas Mika, Executive VP and Chief Financial Officer. Poet, for those who are new to the story, and, you know, we got a split crowd because it's such a massive crowd of poet investors on Agoracom, but we also know there are a lot of people are going to be watching this for the first time. Trades on the TSX Venture and the stock symbol PTK, and for Friends of the U.S., on the OTCQX, the senior board there under Poet F. Um, little description about the company. Uh, because it is high tech, so I want to give you a bit of a 30,000-foot summary here, and we'll get into today's, in today's press releases. Uh, today's press release photonics all right these are critical to the next phase of semiconductor development semiconductors as you know are an essential component of every ele electronic device on the planet so photonic devices what they do is create detect and manipulate light essentially la uh, laser generated light is fundamental to sensing computing data and telecommunications which require the fastest transfer of data possible. So that's why you hear about, about lasers and photonics. Uh, so for example, the biggest trends in that kind of computing today, cloud computing, AI, 5G. But here's the problem. Uh, making photonics devices that are reliable is expensive in terms of both capital and labor. Uh, for example, cost declines have not kept up with Moore's law. Most photonics devices are still built one at a time, if you can believe that. Uh, and multiple different components must be able to uh, seamlessly uh, interconnect without constant testing. So as a result, uh, integration of components at the wafer scale, right? We've seen those before, hasn't been fully implemented even by the largest companies in the world working over the past 20 years until now. Poets developed a unique, disruptive, differentiating, differentiating new entry into the photonics markets. Essentially, their optical interposer platform, all right, is a patented photonics integration platform. What it does is it enables lower cost, higher performance across a wide range of applications. Some of the, some of the costs, dramatically lower cost, 25% to 40% less on the operating side. Capital investment, 10% of conventional and silicon based. That's pretty massive. Uh, and the chip scale package, the sizing is, 50 to 90% reduction in real estate needed. So this is pretty superior stuff, despite how, how difficult it is to understand. And you get a sense now of what Poet's really accomplishing. Today's press release, Poet launches light bar solution for data centers. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here to discuss this. Thank you. Um, gents, this is an advanced remote, lows, uh, remote laser light source for transceivers and, and data center switches. So Vivek, let's start with you, all right? Why is a remote laser source useful uh, and who will use it? So yeah, George, um, as, as we are seeing the growth of data traffic with video streaming, mobile connectivity, remote users and whatnot, the cloud companies that manage the data and the movement of the data have to transmit a lot of data within their data centers, okay? So in order to do that, what's happening is the switch, which is the switch ASIC, is, uh, is expanding in capacity, doubling every two years. 
So a year ago, we had switches which were 12 and a half terabits per second. Now we are seeing 25 terabits per second. Wow. And in a couple of years, it'll go to 50 terabits per second. So in order to make this data move, those switches need to be connected to an optical module. And with the growth of capacity of these switches, it's very difficult to manage the up, what we call the electrical power consumption between the switch ASIC and that optical module. That has to become shorter and shorter with this growth of capacity. So now what we are reaching is where the optical module hatch actually has to be packaged alongside with the switch ASIC, what we call co-packaged optics, okay? And in order to do that, you, you need what is called a chiplet, okay? Now this light that is used to, to, um, to transmit the data, the optical connectivity, is the most sensitive to heat. And these switch ASICs and the other silicon that goes with it, and with the increased capacity, generate a lot of heat. So and they need more power. Thing. There's a need for more power, but that comes with those kind of problems now. Yeah, the, well, it's need, but it's actually generating because you're increasing the capacity. And the laser is the most sensitive to, to heat. So what our remote laser, this uh, light bar does is it provides a remote laser source. So you can separate or remotely power up, optically power up these chiplets so that it does not get impacted by the heat. Also lasers are the least reliable uh, element or chip uh, in this system. So by having a remote laser source, if something happens to the laser, you don't need to open the entire system to, to rectify it. You can change that remote laser source, the light bar. So we see a tremendous value of this light bar uh, in, in uh, the growth of optical systems in the data center. It's amazing. It's amazing We all how we all take even this, right? This Zoom call for granted, uh, which is being recorded into the cloud and then yeah. is gonna be downloaded onto YouTube for everyone to watch. So the amount of data that's being pushed is, is unbelievable. And you, you wouldn't realize, we all take it for granted how important Poet is in that process. Vivek, who are potential customers uh, of, 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 of Lightbar? So the supply chain partners of these cloud companies, the optical system companies that make these uh, switches and routers, so they will use our remote laser when they put the optical connection in the switches, as well as their supply chain partners who are the module um, integrators or module optical module providers will also be customers of our uh, remote lasers. So a lot of, little, lot of little component people inside of the boxes at the end of the day. Exactly, yeah. How big is that market? I mean, I have to assume it's massive. <laughs> Yeah, and as, as we talked about, you know, the switch capacity is expanding or doubling every two years, and these data centers are growing like uh, tremendous growth in the data centers. Uh, the large cloud companies are building data centers every month. They are increasing yep. their, their uh, system. So the, the um, market that, you know, leading research market research companies like light counting are determining is about 400 gigabits where our remote laser source light bar can be used is going from half a billion dollar of market size, the addressable market that we would play in next year 
to more than $3 billion in 2025, over four years. And the co-packaged optics that I talked about will start in say 2022, 23 timeframe, and will go to about $4 billion market size by 2028. So a tremendous opportunity for us to play in the market here. Suresh, uh, you've said that the light bar is significantly better in coupling efficiency. Uh, maybe describe for everyone just uh, in layman's term what that means and then by how much uh, is, it, is it more efficient and why is that important? Yeah, you know, this, this term coupling efficiency is something we use in the industry. Let me just, you know, maybe a very high level analogy. I mean, let's say you're, uh, you need to wash your car and you've got, you know, a pipe and you've got your tap at one end and you've got the other end of the pipe, you're going to have a hose that you're going to hose down the car. And, you know, sometimes you have a leaky faucet and, you know, you connect the pipe at one end where the faucet is, turn it on. And most of your water is, you know, is leaking out at the faucet end and very little comes out of the hose end. And it makes it far more difficult to wash your car. So, you know, you can have a better faucet and, and ensure that all of the water that, you know, when you turn the faucet on actually gets through the pipe and comes out the other end where it's actually useful. So I think in this context, uh, you know, you take the faucet as the laser, our waveguides are the pipe, and then what comes out the other end is quote unquote usable power or the usable water in this context, right? So, um, so the, the, the efficiency, what we call coupling efficiency is how much water that leaves the faucet gets into the pipe without getting wasted right up in the, in the beginning. Um, and so typically, you know, with, with lasers and, and the, uh, the, the kind of esoteric packaging technology that's been used over the years, only about 60%, best case, 70% of the light kind of maybe gets through, right? And that becomes usable wow. light. The rest of it is wasted. Uh, with Poets technology, we've been able to demonstrate now that, you know, we can get over 80% of that light. And for some of the best devices that we've now been able to demonstrate, that thing is over 90% of the light. So I think the idea is to try to get as much of that light that is generated. You spend a lot of time, power, effort to generate the light. So you don't wanna waste much of it when taking it to make, converting it to usable light. So that's the term we use, it's called coupling efficiency. I think we're you know, quite a bit better than I guess today's state of the art when it comes to coupling the light. And we've done that using some proprietary technology, both on the laser as well as on the interposer. Um, and the uniqueness of that interposer solution allows, if you will, the size of that pipe to, to change depending on the size of the faucet. You know, of course, if you have a very large pipe and a small faucet, you'll have a lot of leakage and vice versa. Right. So you really want the output of the faucet to equal the output of the pipe, input of the pipe. And that's what we have been able to do is we've been able to customize these things such that they fit well together when placed passively at wafer scale, right? And that's the other big important thing is, you know, we're not trying to do this one chip at a time. We're assembling hundreds of chips at wafer level and still being able to achieve the level of performance that people have not been able to achieve so far. So, so that's the big breakthrough, if you will, associated with the interposer and it's not only just simplifies and addresses the cost equation for photonics assembly, it also does address some of these performance benefits um, that we believe we can bring to bear in conjunction with the cost benefits 
for during volume manufacturing. I think that's a, first of all, thanks a lot for that great, uh, you know, analogy. Nothing better than that for people at home to be able to visualize, which is one thing that I think they, they really need with Poet because the technology is so powerful and understanding that way is great. But that efficiency, Suresh, if, if the standard now is 60, 60 to 70% of the light gets through and you're as high as 90%, I've got to assume that, you know, customers really want to see samples because that seems like in the technology world, a massive increase. Uh, so how close are you to having samples that you can hand over to customers? Yeah, we, you know, our goal is to start sampling customers with various versions of the light bar uh, in Q1. So in about three to four months from today, right? So during Q1, um, like we announced some time back, we, we just taped out our first product mass set to the foundry. That cycle time is typically about a few months, a couple of months, and so, and then we go through the assembly process. So we do believe we will have samples in, in customers' hands in, in the first quarter of this uh, 2021. Um, also, it's also important to understand that, you know, while we call it a light bar, it's an extremely customizable solution. So, um, you know, we do have a, a, a portfolio of lasers as well as a portfolio of filters and other functionality that we've established on the Interposer. And, and so it's possible to customize these solutions for different applications and for different people's needs. So the first application is for a couple of different, I guess, form factors, as, as we call it for this light bar, for data communications. And those are the ones that we will be uh, sampling in the first quarter. What does a sampling process look like when, so if I'm George Com and I take on samples of light bar customized for me, uh, how long am I typically uh, using these samples to see, to see uh, if, uh, if it works for me? And if the data in fact looks good, um, how, long do you, how long do you expect the qualification process to take? The qualification process for data communications or in the telecom industry is typically six months to nine months. And so we expect to begin the qualification. I mean, the, the, I guess the piece about semiconductors that, is, that you have to understand, especially with photonics and lasers, is every time you build a new laser, you got to go through that qualification. And, and it doesn't really matter that you might have already pre-qualified another laser. So we, we have, I mean, as poet, we've gone through various stages of qualification because that's kind of what you do in a development, that you, you have an early warning signal if something goes wrong, you know how to fix it. So we always go through qualification through, I guess, even the development phase, but now we're kind of in this final product launch phase. And so these do have to go through another round of qualification, even though we might've done it before uh, because the lasers are slightly different. They're customized for a specific application and so on. Sure. So we're kind of starting that process. Uh, we bought the capital necessary to um, you know, what we call burn in or put these lasers through reliability. We expect to have that installed this quarter, so this month. And, um, and we will be starting this qualification process or reliability check uh, early next year, but that process typically takes about six to nine months. So would it be fair? And if, if the process takes six to nine months, reasonably, because I can feel shareholders almost asking the question, when would you expect to start seeing first revenues from the product? Well, like we announced in our press release, we expect our first revenue to start in the fourth quarter of 
2021 with this, uh, at least the first form factors of the light bar. Ultimately, we expect the light bar to be a portfolio, um, you know, of various powers, various form factors, various numbers of channels. Um, and, and, but, but the initial rep is a four channel CWDM um, and a couple of different output configurations. So those will be the first couple of form factors that we will be taking to market. Is this light bar, Suresh, as big of a game changer as it sounds like? Like when those revenues start coming in, do you expect it to be significant? Do you expect the, 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 the market to really love the product or, or is it just a really good solid incremental incremental growth kind of product? Well, we believe we believe there's disruption. You know, obviously, uh, we're also stepping our way up in the levels of complexity as we roll out the Interposer platform. We think that the big pinch point or pain point has been uh, the coupling of lasers, and and that's the problem that we've solved. One of the problems that we've solved with the Interposer is there are others. So we're kind of trying to monetize that aspect of our development with this light bar family of products, but we do expect fully integrated TXRX optical engines and some other products to be coming out, um, you know, over the course of the next couple of months. Um, curious, before I moved on to the question for Tom, and this is just me asking, because I know the Gorecom sometimes when we go through an upgrade and we're going to have new features, uh, we talk to some of our clients, say, hey, what do you think we add this feature on? Do you think it'll be helpful? And so on and so forth. It's, uh, you know, you talk to your clients anyways, your customers, have you, or may, and maybe you haven't, but have you had a chance as an organization to speak to some customers, potential customers about the specs and light bar coming to get any sense of, uh, you know, what their appetite would be for it if it lives up to, in fact, it's billing? Have you guys, have you guys got any sense for what potential excitement could be? Yeah, we've had some discussions uh, with, with potential prospective customers on specifications. And so we've, let those guide us in terms of our product development. Uh, but also we're selling into, you know, uh, into a standards-based uh, uh, end market with data communications specifically for 400G, et cetera. And there are some very specific power levels, for example, that need to be met, um, you know, for that market. So those are relatively easy to know and understand because they're standards. Uh, the light bar, however, also enables um, some other non-standard applications and um, in terms of, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to conform, if you will, to the data communication standards. And uh, we have in the past had discussions with potential customers on some of these non-standard applications. And, you know, we would be reviving a lot of these discussions now that we have samples and products to put in customers' hands as opposed to PowerPoint. Um, you know, which is uh, which right. was the pitch that we had about a year, year and a half ago. But now that we actually have uh, reduced it to practice, um, you know, we would be reprising a lot of these conversations with customers. Uh, of course, you know, with, with some of the restrictions we have with COVID, I, you know, I think the, the actual manner in which we provide samples, maybe of some combination of virtual and, and hardware and demos that might be done via zoom or zoom like platforms uh, so we're going to need to you know alter if you will your more traditional go to market in the first first quarter and we will be you know obviously doing that in vivek and his team 
you know, obviously have a plan in place to, to reach a lot of our uh, potential customers virtually. Well, it sounds like uh, it sounds like a great product. I can't wait to see what customer early customer reaction is going to be like. Uh, Tom, who's going to build the light bar? Because you know, at the end of the day, you got to have to have the capacity. You got to have the right partner. Is it is it going to be the recently formed uh, joint venture in China? Uh, yeah, George. I mean, I think that um, people should understand that that uh, facility, which is being built now, um, and being equipped with assembly and test equipment um, is involves a capital commitment that Poet couldn't afford. Um, you know, it's $25, $30 million US. So uh, we partnered up with Sanan Optoelectronics, which is the largest compound semiconductor company in the world. They also produce half the world's LEDs, 25 million wafers a year. Um, so the joint venture does a couple of things for us. One, you know, it's a it's a an objective validation of the technology that Poet has developed, and it's a way to to uh, to build a manufacturing facility, fabrication facility without our capital. Um, so it it absolutely makes sense for us to use what's there uh, to 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 fabricate and test these devices and get them ready for um, shipping to customers. Do you have a sense for, uh, I'm sure when, you, when, you're, when you're having these conversations, you start talking about capacity and what kind of you know, production runs you might need. What, are, you able to, are you able to, you might not be able to, are you able to discuss um, you know, what kind of production numbers you, or minimum production numbers you're, you're, you're looking at? Yeah, well, let's just say that the uh, the capital that we've planned to be installed over the next four years is sufficient to meet our expectations for unit volumes, which we've told our shareholders is uh, is going to equate to revenues in the area of 250 million by 2024, 2025. Wow. So. Um, you know, that, that's going to be sufficient to cover that, that volume. Uh, let's talk about price points and margin. Not that you're going to give away your price points and margin, but I don't have a sense yet, you know, light bar, how expensive of a component is that ballpark? And can it be produced at a really good profit margin? Well, the way that we've set up the joint venture is that um, each party is contributing components um, at, at an agreed price, which is, is uh, supposed to be close to our cost uh, so that we can actually have the joint venture company be the, the profit center. Um, when you're talking about the gross margin, um, it really does depend on the application because there are some really high value added applications that uh, aren't as price sensitive as the transceiver market, for example. But so we're going to be in this uh, trade-off between, you know, how high we want the margins in the joint venture to be versus what kind of cost savings we want to provide to our customers. Uh, especially in the transceiver market, um, we believe that we can bring profitability back to transceiver module manufacturers who are, are largely operating without any profit margin today. Uh, we can bring profitability back and still make 
you know, uh, 40, 50% gross margin um, on, on it, which is entirely respectable in that, in that kind of, yeah. for, for, for us in that kind of operation. Uh, Tom, and maybe, you know, guys, you guys can chime in too on this question, which is clearly investors have a good understanding that what you've done here uh, is significant and, and meaningful, but, you know, it does, it does involve product in the world that is very hard for most of us to relate to, to touch and feel. So, you know, how excited should shareholders be with this latest development and how excited should shareholders be about what the company's prospects look like in 2021? So I'll just give a couple of my input here. Sure. As a product, what we have validated here is the key building blocks of Poet's optical interposer. You know, lasers, how lasers, as Suresh described, gets uh, coupled to the waveguides in a very effective manner with high coupling efficiency, which he described, in a very low cost manner, very similar to a traditional semiconductor pick and place and attach process. So we can scale this and with, uh, as uh, Tom described, it's with this art facility, a joint venture in, in China is it's a, it's a virtual vertical integration model. So we can be highly competitive and scale this tremendously. So in a way, this product, which will be one of our first products to generate revenue is really validating our multiple optical engines that we'll be rolling out that Suresh mentioned. So I think it's very, very exciting. Suresh, I would just add a couple of words here. I mean, sure. I think to our shareholders who've been with this uh, company and invested with us for a while, um, you know, this is this is our first product. I mean, this is this is this is our, our I mean a culmination of a development period and and a culmination of you know a lot of the innovation that has gone into the interposer. We're finally getting to a point of announcing a product and you know getting through more of the product release cycle as opposed to having research and development, which has fundamentally consumed our organization over the past couple of years. So I think we're getting to the to the exciting monetization part of that effort, um, which I think you know shareholders should find exciting, which is that that there is a fruit at the end of all this labor, um, you know that that we're going to be able to um, all taste, I guess, uh, shortly. George, I just wanted to add, you know, as a CFO, I'm supposed to be very conservative and, and not get too excited about things. But I can tell you, um, this is an inflection point for the company. It really is truly an inflection point. It's, it's, we're at the point where we can go back to customers with real data, which we'll be collecting. We're collecting it now um, and we'll be able to give demos uh, even before we give samples over. And you know there have been a couple of major companies that have already committed capital to us for completing designs or for just proving out the technology. And they're, they are uh, in, in one sense household names, but we just can't say who they are because their names are confidential. So this is gonna be huge. And, uh, and I think that uh, 2021 uh, and 2022 are gonna be amazing years. 
And guys, that's that's uh, hopefully, you know, this is the first time all of us have been together. This is the first time you guys, I'm presuming, have been together this way with, as Suresh says, the loyal poet shareholders and investors uh, who have believed in you guys. And, and, uh, and hopefully everyone home sees what the power is in something like this beyond the press release that you just can't get out of reading a press release at the end of the day, right? And hearing the inflections of your voices, you know, looking at, the, looking at Thomas's smile earlier, earlier where he says, I'm the CFO and I'm supposed to be a conservative and, and, the, and the big smile, but seeing the confidence on, on all three of you uh, I think has done a lot to get people to really understand the importance of, of today's press release. And I congratulate you guys because I know that uh, poet shareholders have been on Agoracom engaged in really super intelligent discussion, some of the most intelligent discussion I've ever seen. Uh, and, uh, and I think they're going to be really happy with this. Let's keep doing it again and again and really get that engagement going. And, and thanks so much for, for taking the time out to have this discussion with everybody at home. Terrific. Thanks, George. Awesome. Thank you. For everyone at home, uh, you've been watching, or if you've been listening by podcast through Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, so on and so forth, uh, to the, the poet team, all right? That Suresh, Vivek, Tom, they're all here. Uh, you've heard and watched what they had to say. If you need to, and you probably will, watch or listen to it again. Uh, because it was fantastic uh, information here. And pretty soon we're going to turn the uh, discussion forum on, uh, on Agoracom into a verified forum. Uh, so you can actually get information, uh, you know, some, some direct engagement from the officers um, uh, and you know it's them. They're going to have that verified check mark that you've seen on other parts of Agoracom. So thanks for joining us. Looking forward to the continued engagement. Thanks to the poet team. Thanks to all the poet shareholders at home. And uh, have a great day. See you next time.